So I ask you to turn to Exodus 2, and we're going to look at Exodus, the second book in the Bible, so you don't have any problem finding it. Exodus 2, and we're going to start with verse 15. Amen. Exodus 2, starting with verse 15. When, Mo, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now, priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and to fill their trough to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? Jump down to verse 21. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groanings, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned for them. Moses is on the run. Moses is filled with fear. His heart is pounding as he runs into the unknown. I can't tell you what was going through his heart and mind at the time. Only God knows what it was that he was thinking. But I can tell you that Moses is running for his life. And as he's running for his life, he winds up in a place called Midian. And if you take the time to research that place when you get home, you'll find that Midian was a dry and a desolate land, which is a sharp contrast to the royal palace that he had formerly lived in. Moses is now 40 years old, and he is running to the unknown. I want you to picture in your mind, I, I need you to understand what is going through this man's heart and mind at this time. He is probably emotionally and physically ex exhausted. Thank you, Lord. And scripture says that he came and he sat down by a well. He's running for his life. You know, it's a hot and a, a, a arid land and this kind of thing. And he finds a well. And scripture says he sat down at the well. Then scripture says that all of a sudden these seven young ladies 
came up, were coming up to the to the well, and they were uh, taking care of their father's sheep. And as they approach the well and they're getting ready to uh, draw water for the sheep, it says some other shepherds came along. Y'all follow me in the story. We'll get to it. Some other shepherds came along. And because these were women at the well, the other shepherds tried to push them out of the way so that they could get water for their sheep. But Moses was there. And when Moses saw these women being mistreated and these women being pushed away, he chased the shepherds away. And but Moses being always the gentleman, he not only chased the other shepherds away, but scripture says he drew water for the young ladies and watered all of their sheep himself. Hang on, you're going to get there. When they got home, their father said to them, how did you get home so early? You don't normally, when I, I send you out to water the sheep, it normally takes you all afternoon. How, how did you get done so early? And you'll have to read the whole story when you get home because for the sake of time, I did not read it all. But when they asked him that, their answer was an Egyptian. An Egyptian was there and they told him, the father, what he had done. I want you to understand they did not recognize Moses as, as a Hebrew or, or anything like that because Moses, when he ran, he still had on his royal clothes. He still had on his makeup that they would wear around their eyes and so on and so forth. So Moses still looked like an Egyptian. Well, when the father heard that this man, this Egyptian, had helped his daughters. He says to them, why did you leave him out there? He did us a good turn. You should have invited him home for dinner. You know, someone does something to bless you, then you're supposed to turn around and try to bless them if you can. So they went and they, they found him some kind of way. I don't know where he was or how far away it was, but they invited him home for dinner. And this starts Moses' new education series in the school of wilderness. He invited him home for dinner. Moses accepted. And in God's plan of things, this is when Moses changes from the school of Egypt with the royalty and all of that, where he is now going to go into a school of the wilderness. Now, the question that you need to ask, your mind, ask yourself, and I'm going to just give you this as a backdrop because there may be some people here that were not here last week and they don't understand really what happened with Moses. You all know that Moses had, when he was there in Egypt and he had decided that he was going to go and check out his relatives because even though he lived in the palace, he knew he was an Egyptian. Even though he lived in a palace, he knew that he was different from everybody else around. So he decided to go and check out his family or check out his relatives. And scripture says that when he got there, he saw an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew. He saw an Egyptian oppressing one of his people. And in a 
fit of rage, a fit of anger, he jumps in, okay, and he starts to beat the man. And he beat him so bad that he killed him. Now what I want you to see, I'm not going to repeat this whole thing because we did it before. What I want you to see is Moses on the run because he had committed a crime. I want you to understand that when Moses killed this man, Pharaoh found out about it. And just like I told you last week, even though Moses was raised in Pharaoh's palace, even though Moses had lived with Pharaoh for almost 40 years, when it came to killing Egyptian, the Pharaoh was saying, oh no, I don't care if you are my daughter's adopted son. You are a Hebrew and you cannot be taking the life of an Egyptian. So the Pharaoh was out trying to kill Moses. That is why Moses is on the run. I want you to understand that Moses committed a crime. He did the wrong thing for the right reason. I want you to understand that. Moses committed a crime. He did the wrong thing, but he did it for the right reason. Today it would be called manslaughter. Today it would be called manslaughter because he didn't go there intending on killing the man. He didn't go that, there with that purpose in mind. He thought that when he saw the, the e Egyptian abusing one of the Hebrews, he thought he had a valid reason for getting in the middle of the fight. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I keep trying to push this thought out of my mind, but it keeps coming back. But I, So I'll just go ahead and say it, and we'll see how God is going to use it. It reminds me of that thing that happened in Alabama with the fight in Alabama when the, uh, a black guy was being attacked by all these white guys off of this platoon bus, okay, or, or ship and how all these black people came and started running to the rescue and all this other kind of stuff, and they got in the midst of the fight. And there was even a young man, they say he was 16 years old, that swam across the, the harbor or whatever in order to get into the fight to protect one of his brothers that he saw seeing being abused. abused. How do I hook that? I'm hooking that because... Some of those people are being charged with a crime. Some of those people are being charged with, uh, with uh, 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 doing something that they should not have done. So the reason that I'm bringing this in is because it's the same thing with Moses. It was not Moses' fight, but it was something that was wrong. And sometimes even though something is not our fight, Sometimes when something does not even uh, 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 affect us individually or affect our family, sometimes we got to get involved in the mix. Do you understand that? Okay. But what you need to understand is that Moses is on the run, not only because he reacted in anger like a lot of those people did, but Moses reacted in emotion without reason. And I told you about that last week, but God said I got to build on that a little bit this morning. He says there's a lot of times we as people that we act on emotion without reason. And the, what does that mean? 
I asked you last week and Felice answered it. It means that when you act on something without thinking it through. When you act on something without thinking it through. When you act on something where you don't think about what the results are going to be or what the consequences are going to be. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know how many honest people I have in here this morning, but I need to let you know that I made some major decisions in my life out of emotion without reason. I made some life-changing decisions in my life out of emotion without reason. And God said to tell you all this morning that there's some of you all in here this morning that have done the same thing. And you need to look at it. You need to look at them. Remember that the title of the sermon is blessed in the midst of a mess. Blessed in the midst of a mess. So the thing that you need to see and the thing that God showed me is that when I made some of the decisions that I made out of emotion without reason, that even though the decisions were wrong, God turned it around and made a blessing. Amen. Or God turned it around and brought a blessing out of it. Amen. Maybe your, your uh, uh, thank you Lord, maybe your decision of, of doing something out of emotion apart from reason was premarital sex. Amen. Maybe you got pregnant outside of marriage. And, and you looked and you said, what am I going to do? You know, I'm in the middle of a mess. I'm a single parent. I'm this, I'm that, and the other. But now in the midst of it, after you've had that child and have asked God for forgiveness, then God has turned that child around and made that child to be a blessing for you. Well, you, you know you, you were in a mess in the beginning, but God turned it around to be a blessing. Some of you may have made decisions out of emotion, without reason, because you were lonely. Amen. You were lonely. And because you were lonely, you lowered your standards of who it is that you're going to allow in your life. Be honest. You lowered your standards and you accepted someone into your life or you allowed them in your life and you allowed them to get you involved in things, whether it was drugs or alcohol or crime or whatever, because you were lonely, because you felt like you didn't fit in. You know how young people today will look for a group or become a part of a gang or whatever because they don't feel like they fit in where they are. They don't feel like they have a family that loves them and all this other kind of stuff. So they'll go out into the world and they'll get involved into a, a gang or something that's going to lead them the wrong way. Emotions Amen. without reason. Amen. And God said to tell you this morning that you need to make sure that when you're making any important decisions in life, don't allow yourself to be ruled by emotion. Because emotion can change your life forever. And that's what happened with Moses. Moses is, had moved with emotion, the emotion of anger. You move the emotion of loneliness. I just, I got to have a man. I, 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 can't, I just don't want to be by myself. I just got to have him. And then you accept somebody that is not someone that should be in your circle. God says, don't live or don't move 
and emotions without anger. Amen? I mean with anger, without reason, thank you. But when you made these decisions, I know that all of the, some of the bad decisions that I made, God turned them around and allowed them to become blessings. How did God turn them around and allow them to become blessings? When I acknowledged the fact that what I had done was a sin against Almighty God. He's not going to turn your situation around until you acknowledge that you committed a sin. He's not going to turn your situation around until you acknowledge that you were walking outside of God's will. And this is what we see happen with Moses. So Moses is on the run. Moses doesn't know what his future holds. So how is it that we can learn? What is it that we can learn from Moses that can show us how we can be blessed in the midst of a mess? What can we learn from what we just, from what we read this morning of how we can be blessed How many of you have messes going on in your life? Anybody bold enough to raise your hand? Amen. Okay? Amen. God said, I'm going to show you this morning how to be blessed in the midst of the mess. The first thing that you need to know is, of course, we know that Moses was running. He had no destination in mind. But what he did not realize is that God was leading him the whole time. He was running for his life. He thought he was running into the unknown, but he did not realize first and foremost is that even in the midst of the mess that God was there with him, leading him all the time. How do I notice? Where is the first place that Moses stopped when he got into the wilderness? The first place that he stopped was at a well. The first place that he stopped was at a well. It was a place of rest and refreshment. It was a place that had a life-giving substance, water, okay? Now, when I first noticed that when Moses got to Midian, that the first place that he stopped was at a well, I immediately thought about Jesus and the woman at the well. Did you don't know the story? It's in John 4. Read it when you get home. Jesus had come to the well. It was a hot time of day. He sat out on the well, but he didn't have anything to draw water with. This woman came, okay, and she had a a pitcher or whatever to draw water. And Jesus asked her, he says, give me a drink of water. And she, because she was a Samaritan, gave him a smart answer, a flip answer. But Jesus responded to her and said, If you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. God is showing us here through Moses, when he has stopped at that well, that God is saying, in the midst of your trial, I'm going to give you life-giving water. Not just the water that you can drink from the well, but I'm going to give you water through the power of the... Because you all know, okay, that in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is symbolized through water, fire, and through uh, wine and oil. 
Okay, so here God is saying, I'm leading you to a place, okay, where it looks like now that you're in a mess. It looks like now that you don't know which way to turn and what's going to happen. But I'm leading you a place where you can be led and you can be fed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will be the one to nourish you and to guide you along the way. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God told me to say to you this morning, that some of you have been running from him. Amen. Some of you have been running from him. Some of you still want to walk with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And God said, you have been running from me long enough. God says, I have been chasing you down. You think that you are in a situation or you think that you're so hung up or whatever in the mess that you're living in that God can't do it, that you can never change, that you'll always be the same. God said to tell you this morning that stop running. He says, I can bless you in the midst of your mess. Amen. I can bless you in the midst of your mess. And he says, whatever your mess is, if you want him to bless you, all you got to do is what it says in 1 John 1 and 9. If you confess your sins, mm -hmm. he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to uh, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. The first thing that God placed that God took Moses to was a well where he could have a life-saving substance, water, to give him strength to go the rest of the way. God is saying to you this morning that if you come to him, if you come to him and confess whatever it is that you're going through, if you come to, to him, he'll give you a life-sustaining substance, which is the power of the Holy Spirit to nourish you and to lead you and to guide you and to direct you in the way that you should go Amen. while you're in the midst of the mess. Amen. While you... Before he even delivers you out of the mess, he will give you what you need to sustain you. Do you see that? Do you get that? Yes. In the midst of the mess, okay? So what is the next thing? What is the next thing? God not only took him to the well, life-giving substance, okay? But it shows us that God was leading him because he was at the right place at the right time to meet the right people. He was at the right place at the right time to meet the right people. You gotta understand that sometimes when God wants to bless you in the midst of the mess, he's gotta use other people. Mm. Do you understand that? God said to tell somebody, and I don't know who this sermon is for, it may be for someone on Facebook, but God said you need to stop trying to be a lone wolf. Yeah. Were you just trying to handle everything yourself? You don't want to share with anybody else what you're going through. You don't want to share your, your temptations, your pain. You don't want to share your... God said he blessed Moses by taking him to the right place at the right time to meet the right people. You say, what do you mean to, right, to meet the right people? Who did he meet? He met these seven young ladies. So what did God do first? God took him to a place to be able to help somebody else in need. I'm not going to beat this point up because everybody in here already knows this point. I've preached on it enough times. But God said when you are in the midst of, the, of a mess, you need to look for somebody to bless. Amen. 
Amen. I'm going to say it again. Amen. When you're in the midst of a mess, you need to look for somebody to bless. Amen. I'm not a poet, but God is. Okay. God says in order to deliver you out of the situation that you're in, you have to be a blessing for somebody else. It was not until Moses stepped in, helped these young girls, watered their flock, and so on and so forth, that he was invited into their home where God is getting ready to do something special. But the thing was, if he had never reached out to help those girls. So his blessing the hand of God started to move when he reached out a hand to bless someone else. So if you're in the midst of a mess, okay, you've got to understand that there's a whole lot of people out here that are in need. We're going to look at these women. Those, those shepherds came to try to get them, you know, push them out of the way because these were women. They were doing a man's work because normally it was a man that took care of the sheep. But this man didn't have any sons. He only had seven daughters. So he used what he had. So these women could be considered the marginalized. You know those that are on the uh, uh, outskirts of acceptable society and all this other kind of stuff. But Moses stepped in to help them. Look for some people. If you want to be blessed in the midst of your mess, you need to turn around and be a blessing.